Hello and welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Buffone alongside Aldo Gandhi and Danny Shimon will be joining us shortly. There he is. Danny Shimon's here. Uh, the Bears fall 31-30 to the Detroit Lions in what can only be described as a bizarre, frustrating, annoying, at some points exciting game. Uh, a lot to go over here, so we'll just start at the uh, the 10,000 feet view. Auto uh, initial reaction when the clock hits triple zeros. Well, I, I, I feel like the NFL desperately wants the Chicago Bears to have a top three uh, draft pick. Um, it's, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kidding, of course, but you can't help but wonder if the NFL officials aren't in cahoots here to make this as tough as possible for the Bears to win games. They're not getting calls, obvious calls, calls that always are made for the home team. And it's, it's, you know, it's tough enough. This team doesn't have the weapons to beat themselves when they make mistakes, but actually that's kind of changing a little bit. Uh, but they definitely don't have the weapons to cha- to win a game when it's the officials and themselves, you know, making it difficult. Uh, so uh, it's very, very annoying from that standpoint. From another standpoint, which we'll get into uh, in detail, there are a lot of encouraging things, a lot of encouraging things for a team that's rebuilding and clearly, clearly doesn't have the, the talent yet to compete at a high level, but certainly has some talent that can compete at a high level. Danny, uh, at, the end of, at the end of the game, at the end of the day, the Bears score 30 points again. So uh, it's, it's, that's something that it's not, it's not like the, the loss to the commanders where it's just like, okay, nothing's getting better and they lost. So to, to continue seeing uh, the, the, the offense take a step forward, the defense is a, in shambles. I, I, that, that is, you give up, an, I get that the pick six was a, was, was a bad play, but holy smokes, you give up a 91-yard drive in three minutes at the end of the game. I mean, what, that I, I can't, I can't even, be, I can't begin to express my frustration when I see something like that. It's just, you, you have, all you gotta do is, is, is keep them from scoring and going 91 yards in three minutes. And they did it. Initial reaction, Danny. I mean, I tweeted out, I'm like, this sucks, but I feel like I've been tweeting it out for like three weeks in a row now. It's it's just like, like I said, John, again, the, the, the offense puts up 30-some points, you know, and, and the defense just cannot stop them. And, I mean, they'll have a stop here and there, but when you really need a stop to, to secure a win or, or, or just keep momentum, the defense just can't do it, whether it's the run defense, whether it's a pass defense. You know, halftime, we, we talked about they're not getting pressure on golf. So what do you got to do? You got to blitz. So what happened? They blitz in the second Second half, they blitz the linebackers. You saw Sandberg get a sack. You got Morrow get a sack. But then what happens when they blitz? We said either they're going to give up a big play or they're going to you know, get the quarterback on the ground and unfortunately give up big plays again. So it's just like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. But unfortunately, you're not getting pressure with your front four guys. So you got to bring extra pressure. And when you bring extra pressure, you guys in the back end are not are not being able to go ahead and, and, and cover and get you off the football field. And just another crushing blow, I mean, especially to a team like the Lions where you're up 24 to 10 at home. You're thinking, all right, this game is pretty much not in the bag because it was plenty of time left. But it's just like, come on, guys, it's just got to run it out. You'll get a couple stops, and you're, you're you're good there. And now you have the Lions celebrating on your on your home field, and and like you know, like someone said in the chat, celebrating like they won a Super Bowl. So it's just like, it's 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 crushing. But to all those point, referees are horrible again. But I just hate blaming referees because the, the Bears had what nine? Was it nine or ten penalties? Nine penalties for eighty-six yards. Very uncharacteristic of this team so far this season. But this time after time, but but again, some of those penalties, you know, in my opinion, I think Aldo's opinion as well, were just a little bit ticky-tack and and not warranted. So, but at the end of the day, you had the lead. 
you know, Justin tried to look like that. That was a screen play, uh, play to Komet that they blew up. Looked like he was trying to get rid of the football, just didn't get enough on it. At the same time, was I think it was hit or was feeling pressure. Pick six. That was a big momentum swing. But he come right back and he gets that 67-yard touchdown mm-hmm. run. And now you're up. And then, and again, uh, the missed extra point by um, uh, Santos. And I, But I tweeted out, I'm like, both kicking units on both teams were having some problems. I don't know if it was a turf issue or, or what. But uh, that was huge, and, and you kind of you kind of felt it when you missed that point. You're like, "This is going to come back and haunt the Bears." And sure enough, they drive right back down the field, um, and they, they score the, the go ahead. And 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 at the end, there just they just couldn't pull it out. But but one of the, one of their bigger or, or more hidden, I think, uh, uh, turning points is when the Bears went up twenty four to ten on the ensuing kickoff. Santos kicks bounds. it out of bounds, and then they get the ball. Lions get the ball at the forty. I'm like, I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, I mean, that's something that we're going to have to talk to Santos. See what, what's going on today. You know, the, the ball, the kickoff was out of bounds. The, the missed extra point. What was going on with him today? Uh, I, I'm curious to see if it was a turf or just something maybe mechanical or, or maybe it was just something an injury he's playing with. So who knows? But yeah, this this game sucked. Yeah, you look over it and it's just like it. There, it just seemed like there was a looming cloud, like something you're waiting for the next shoe to drop. And it, and to your point, when they, they miss the extra point, you think that's going to come back and get you. And then I was hoping they on that the end when they got the ball back, uh, they basically, the, I mean, Mark Sanchez was talking about just killing the clock and trying. I'm like, I think they should probably go down and try to score again. Uh, and mm-hmm. but uh, instead of just saying, let's just see if we can take four minutes off the clock. But uh, I, I don't have very many qualms about the offense today. I mean, they they did what they the pick six sucked, but it is what it is. I think anytime if the if the Chicago Bears are consistently scoring thirty points in the in the last month, and I would if I would have told you that. Two or three months ago, the Bears are going to score four straight games where they're going to be averaging around thirty some points. You'd be thinking they they what what three and one four and zero at least split. Well, first thing I I asked if you get drug tested. That was the yeah, first thing I would do. Right. <laughs> Especially after uh, a Washington game, right? That that right. game where, like this team just looked out of sync offensively. But then yeah, you're right. Yeah, so uh, to, to, uh, to what we were talking about, nine penalties, eighty six yards. Aldo, you kind of touched on this earlier, but yeah, this is uh, that was an un kind of undisciplined uh undisciplined in uh performance today uh where you, there was just some weird things that happened not now some of those were very questionable calls i will say that much i'm also not in the business of you know bitching about the refs for an hour i don't want to do that but i will say there were some questionable calls there uh the holding call in the first half there's a form that jumps out on me uh some of the 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 there were no uh, pi calls on a few that maybe should have been called so i, I understand the beef on both ways but any way you cut it, they got they got nine penalties today for 86 yards, and a lot of them were killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was certainly some undisciplined play uh, by the Bears when you look at the penalties that they were really responsible for, and you look at missed tackles, and you look at, you know, I'm sure uh, once we study the tape, you're probably going to see some missed assignments and so forth. That is concerning, you know, uh, but again, we're dealing with a roster of guys who have, who for the most part, you know, many of the people are new to the league or have been vagabonds in the league. And so that's, that type of stuff is going to happen. You don't have a championship roster right now. You have a team that is fighting and is fighting hard, but creating these mental mistakes that result in missed tackles and result in, 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 in bad penalties and so forth. 
it's almost, I hate to say this, but, you know, I know people are going to throw rocks at me, uh, all those a participation trophy kind of guy, but it's almost excusable because when you look at the big picture of what this team is building, you have to be encouraged by what we're seeing. We're seeing a, in Justin Fields, we are seeing a, a football player that can potentially transcend the position much like other very athletic quarterbacks have done uh, in, in NFL history. I, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here. This is truly how I feel. This guy is, is creating excitement and, and Michael Jordan-like plays on the football field that are just things that I've rarely seen in my life. Um, and so that, that is the one thing I'm walking away from this game. I'll hell. I'll take the loss, but it's like Danny has been preaching since day one when we acquired Justin Fields. It's all about developing Justin Fields, and right now he still has a long way to go in the passing game. But what he is doing with his instincts, with his athleticism, and his smarts is pretty effing impressive. Right, and if you if you look if you look down his stats today, they, they're pretty good. Twelve for twenty for one hundred and sixty-seven yards, two passing touchdowns, and then of course he carried the ball thirteen times for one hundred and forty-seven yards and two touchdowns. I mean, uh, it was a good day to start him on your fantasy team, which I did. So uh, that's one thing that I can <laughs> which I can I can take that away uh, with me anyway. But. Uh, I think you're right where you say you you see this development of the of the quarterback and you see you see something special and, and it's getting to that point now where I see when he drops back I get like that the only player that I'm trying to that I remember from my childhood with it I just was watching him like he's never gonna go down on the first hit it was like Steve McNair he was just so slippery he was you were never gonna bring him down whenever the one guy got a free uh, got a free shot at him and that's whenever I see Fields under pressure which is happening quite a bit uh, I just I never think that he's going down on first contact I always feel like he's gonna spin out he's going to he's going to slide out he's gonna you know elude and he's gonna run he's gonna do something to have that feeling about your quarterback is a good feeling like any any play could go to the house any play could be a home run if he if he, he can buy uh he can buy that time to do that um and so yeah the uh, it, it was encouraging to watch the offense and i mean guys honestly we're we're, we're on a bears podcast and we're talking about how the offense is keeping us you know keeping our spirits <laughs> high so uh, let's take that for what it is just you know let's look at that holistically we're talking about how the offense is making us happy and the defense sucks so uh let, let's just enjoy that or at least observe that and then realize that there's still a lot of stuff that has to be done there's still a lot of things that need to be addressed um i mean if you want to if you want to put a bow on it yeah they they probably uh, they're going to get a better draft pick out of this or they're going to have the quote unquote tiebreaker with detroit for the maybe have a better pick but uh uh it, it's still at the end of the day you want to win that game i mean Winning that game third or winning that game 32 30, or you know, it, it, it come pulling out a one point win would have just been a big, big boost as opposed to saying, Well, we see all these good things, we still lost by one. I, I that's that's what that's what kicks me because th that you could have had you could have had your cake and eaten it too today. You could have you could have seen all that progress, you could have seen all those things that are have been evolving and still got the win. Uh, so I, I, I that's that's the part that's I'm I'm pretty frustrated about that and there's just like we've like we've been saying time and time again the margin for error for this team is is very slim even against a team like the lions there and you can't you can't have nine penalties you can't have some of these uh self-inflicted wounds that they had today so uh this is just another example of that but uh otherwise danny uh, I, the one thing we didn't get to talk about on um on the halftime report was uh obviously tevin jenkins didn't play today uh right. so what did you what did you think of the offensive line 
Well, another game of over 200 yards, and I, and again, the big part, rushing for over 200 yards, and a big part of it, again, is, just, is Justin Fields and his ability to create, you know, something out of nothing there and, and, and get the 147 yards rushing. But uh, I think Michael Schofield uh, acquitted himself well and nicely, and he's, he's been a real nice veteran backup, uh, able to play both left guard when when the white hair was out, and then a right guard now when Jenkins was out. So I, I didn't see a big drop off there. Uh, in terms of the the, the run uh, uh, the, the run blocking uh, pass blocking, we have to go and go you know break down a tape and see exactly how he did in terms of you know holding up there. But I didn't see anything just you know in live action that kind of stuck out to me. But uh, you know, I, again, offensively, I, I think you know my my biggest well one of my biggest concerns offensively was well, where was Chase Claypool? One reception yeah. for eight yards was the his his production today. You gave up a second round pick for him. And again, I didn't expect this guy to come out, have 10 receptions, 132 yards and three touchdowns, but I just expected him to have a little bit more, you know, uh, a little more um, uh, say so in this, in this game. And offensively, he just, it was a no show. And that's, that's a disappointment for me. Uh, You know, I, I, again, uh, for me, it's, it's in terms of the, uh, the, the offense as a whole 30 points, you can't argue with it that offense, it gives you 30 points a game. Right. And defensively, you're just going to just gonna have to stop them and limit them to what's that 20, 24 points, uh, you know, for your opponent, uh, especially with, with a team like Detroit, who are on the road is, is not very good uh, outside that dome. And I mean, they're not really good in a dome either. So it's, it's not like this, 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 uh, this one sucks more because it just, it was a winnable game. And, and yes, although I've been preaching all year, Records don't count. I don't care. I just want Justin's development, and I'm and I'm loving that. But at some point, you're gonna have to get some wins just to kind of keep that locker room if you're Matt Eberflus and that coaching staff. Because you know, week in and week out, you go in, you grind, you you, you practice, you, we watch the tape and all this stuff. And if you're not seeing some results out there in terms of wins, you know, the the whole collective uh, you know effort or uh, or the atmosphere in that locker room kind of kind of dries, you know, drops down. And that's something that the coaching staff is gonna have to keep their you know ears and eyes pinned to that atmosphere and that in that locker room, make sure that doesn't you know no one drops their heads and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, the excitement is there in terms of the quarterback, in terms of his development, some great plays. Uh, I, I have a feeling once I break down those, some of those some of those big runs, there, there are gonna be some open receivers that he might have been able to hit. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that breaks down there, but I'm not trying to knock him or anything, but, uh, the kid is, the kid is, you know, electric and, uh, he's just going to get better and better. Imagine when, once he develops in the pocket and he's going to, you know, be, be beating teams in the pocket on a consistent basis. And then he adds that dimension of, of that running ability, which by the way, although I remember that, that the bear, uh, down, we, we did it with, uh, we broke down the tape and I said, it might've been actually, it might've been off the camera, but we were, I was talking about an aggressive team is going to just, just jump on anything that Justin Fields does. And when he yep. fakes that run, he's going to pull up and there's going to be a wide open guy down the field. And, and today it happened to be Cole Komet on that, on that touchdown plus just the attraction of, of, of all the eyes defensively that he draws any movement he does post snap is just amazing. And you see the defender just kind of just run, rush right to him and guys come open, right. We're in an open downfield. But unfortunately, Again, we're talking about a loss here. I gotta, I gotta respond to a couple of comments in the chat from Jordan and Joe. You know, they're disappointed with the loss, and as Danny just said, he's disappointed too because you want to build a culture of winning. But I, I, I just feel that we don't have a roster uh, that is capable of winning consistently right now. And so, what I am doing is I am compartmentalizing. What I am seeing in terms of evaluating talent and making decisions, is this a guy that you want to take to 2023 and beyond? Is this a guy you can potentially win championships with? Because that's what this season is all about. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry that we didn't win the game. Would I have liked to have won the game? 
Absolutely. I'm all about winning. But when you look at things realistically, you don't have the talent. And so you walk away. And then, you know, got to mention, if the officiating was even-handed, the Bears would have won this game. But nonetheless, we just don't have the talent right now. And so you have to focus in, okay, what did this player do? What did that player do? You got to look at it that way from a Chicago Bears fan, because if not, it's it's like the old NFL films. I forgot who it was. You know, they're going to eat your heart out. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was, uh, I forgot anyway, but that's, that's where we're at with this team. And, and us as fans have to have to accept that. I think that that's a good that's a good way of putting it, although you have to compartmentalize this because you can you can look at all these things. Not, not not you don't have to put it all into one basket and say they lost. The team sucks. They're not going anywhere. Like there you have to be able to. There there's a lot more nuance to this. There's a lot more layers to this, and there's there's multiple problems that require multiple solutions. It's not just like if we fire that guy, everything's fixed. Just like if you fire Pace and you fire Nagy, you know what? They're probably going to go twelve and four next year. That that's just not that's just not how things work. There are, there's multi. There was a, a multiple layers to the problem here. This this franchise is a, was a mess, and there was multiple layers that needed peeled back and fixed. And it wasn't going to be an eight game solution where all of a sudden in the back half of the season they're they're competing for a wild card of the division. That would I've liked that to be a quick turnaround, absolutely. But that's just not where it is. I'm pissed off they lost because this is a winnable game, and I think that I think that. Winning can be contagious. You can build a winning culture. So this one stings a little bit more than some of the other ones do because not just because it's the Lions and not just because Dan Campbell got his first ever road win as the head coach today, but the fact is that they, they should have been able to win that game and then, like I said, see all that evolution and get a win in the win column. It just did not happen. So uh, take it for what it is. I'm not going to beat myself up until Thursday thinking I can't believe we lost to the Lions. It's okay they lost <laughs> and then but next week we get to see it we get to see uh justin fields again we get to see another a week of the progression we get to see what they continue to do with him i'm not i'm not as much as i'm pretty pissed now i'm not gonna be like man that, that i'm not gonna be back in uh in april during the draft man remember that lions game we should have had that well, well come on uh, is, is, it, is it the difference between the season right now it's not so let's take it for what it is be angry about it but not think that oh sweeping changes after this like we know what this team is and we're, we're gonna we're gonna see we're eventually gonna see the next step hopefully in the offseason i'm saying hopeful about that and, and just real quick before danny jumps in is we lost to a team that on paper has more talent than the chicago bears at almost every position of course not at quarterback which is huge but mm-hmm. almost every position you know certainly at the wide receiver position certainly in the offensive line certainly in in, uh, in some other spots you know so you got to keep that in mind too look how well we played against a team that on paper is loaded with talent more talent than the bears Right, I agree. And to piggyback, piggyback off of that, although is is we know defensively they need to they need to pour you know resources into that defense. You know whether it's free agent money or whether it's draft capital, we know that, right? But one thing we need to can't forget as fans here and as analysts, we cannot forget the stink on this offense that, that's being covered right now by the cologne that's called Justin Fields, right? So Justin Fields is out there making these sensational plays, you know, allowing the Bears to put up thirty points, and we're thinking, oh wait, the offense isn't that bad. No, guys, there is still lacking talent on his offense, whether it's receivers, whether it's another tight end to go with with Cole Komet to kind of, you know, help him out. Although uh, Cole Komet last couple of weeks has been changing my mind in terms of, you see, just a wide 
tight end or is, is it a guy that can be flanked out and be a little I'm bit more asking, yeah. right? so, <laughs> you know I, i'm i'm keeping my eye on, on cole command his development here in this in this in this uh season here as well but offensive line we still need to take a look at center we still need to take a look at the guard position you know right tackle is something we need to secure you know so it's not something that that you know and we need the improvement there from left tackle uh braxton jones well he had a rough day today as well so you know mm-hmm. and obviously defense we, we talked about we we know got to pour money in there and, and and picks but offensively don't let that stink be you know kind of like i said uh covered here by by justin fields cologne <laughs> so so danny because i i don't know because i'm not i i just don't i don't have a crystal ball or a magic wand in front of me so what can they do with the personnel they have now on defense what can they do differently because this ain't working uh and and does matt eberflus need to have a more hands-on approach with the defense moving forward or is it is it like what what can you actually do because something has to change i know i get that they're going to pour money into it. They're going to pour draft capital into the defense next year, and it may look wildly different. But in the meantime, you still got some games to play, and you can't keep doing what you're doing today when you can give up. A, whenever it's just like, well, if the team has the ball and there's under a minute, they might they're probably going to score. So, but so what can you do differently? I mean, right right now, I I think he, there's there's no one they can bring off, let's say, a practice squad or, or off the bench and say, all right, play this kid and, and let's see if it gets better. I mean, they're pretty much playing whoever's out there. I mean, they started three rookies again today, you know, and, and then again, Sam Bourne was a guy that, that that had a great game today. You know, could could he be a, a line, starting linebacker that you've discovered now as an undrafted free agent? Possibly. I'm not gonna deny that at all. I do like the kid coming out. They like the kid coming out of Wisconsin, but in terms of what they can do, John, it's it's like we talked about at halftime. I mean, you know, you got to provide pressure. Well, first you got to stop the run. Everything stops. If you cannot stop the opposing uh, uh, team from running the ball down your throat, you can't do anything in terms of the pass rush. So stop the run and then build from there. Now, on third downs, you got to get off the football field, right? How does that happen? They're not getting pressure with their front four guys. I saw them you know, running stunts and loops and, and games up front with the defensive line. It wasn't working. They started bringing some pre- uh, pressure in terms of blitzing some of the linebackers and stuff like that. That got some pressure. That worked a little bit. But then again, if you keep doing that, you don't disguise your your coverages, you don't disguise your your blitzes, and next thing you know, a veteran quarterback like Goff is going to rip you apart. And he did in the second half, and we saw some of those big gainers there too on blitzes. So you know, it's it's just got to get more in terms of into that laboratory and just come up with solutions in terms of getting off the football field is what you got to do. Just I, I'd like to ahead. ask Danny and you, John, a question: Is what, what do you guys think is the main reason why we are giving up a lot of pass? Uh, passes and between the linebackers and the defensive backs what is going on here are we you know somebody in, in, in twitter asked are, do we miss roquan smith that much that he you know because he would drop back into coverage and and create a hole i don't think that's the problem mm-hmm. but w- what is the problem because that's the biggest thing we're being hit with explosive plays and i mean 15 yards plus these these crossing patterns these patterns just before we get all the way to the uh cover two defense What's going on, and, uh, and what's the cause of this? No pressure. Yep, that's it. Keep it simple. It's just no pressure. And even if you get pressure from the outside guys, there's no pressure up front in the quarterback's face. The quarterback can easily step up in the pocket, buy himself an easy two, three more seconds there in the pocket, and make a make a completion downfield. So what you need, that's why it's the, the three technique in this in this system is so is so important because that that three technique gets into the backfield, penetrates those gaps provides instant pressure into the quarterback's face. Now you get the outside guys coming in at him, and all of a sudden the whole pocket is collapsing on the quarterback. That's what we need is those front four guys are not getting enough pressure. And I don't care who we talked about at halftime, John and I, 
I don't care don't who care you have who. back there on defensive secondary. If you can have yeah. Pro Bowlers back there, but if they have the quarterback's got seven, eight seconds to throw the football, there's no way they're going to go ahead and, and you know get enough time to, to make a play there. So you got to get pressure with the front four or create it. Right. right. I, I, I'm yeah. just going to jump in on that point that it's, it's, I don't think it's rocket sciences. If I can understand it, it's definitely not rocket science. It's just if you have no pressure coming from your front four, then you can't possibly expect your linebackers or secondaries to be covering people for five, six seconds. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just that easy. So or it's just that easy to notice. I should not that easy to fix, but it's just not that it's, it's easy to diagnose. And so, uh, I want to say just keep blitzing. I know I know that's probably a meatball thing to say. Just blitz, 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 blitz. But what else? What, what else can you do? What, what what else can you do, Danny? I, I don't see. I don't. I don't know any other. I'm not a defensive coordinator, but that's that's the only thing I can right. think of. Well, the only thing is, if you keep blitzing, John, that's fine, and that's you're gonna have to do that because, like I said, we're not getting there. So what happens when you keep blitzing? Now you have to disguise where you're coming from, right? You can't be, be something, you can't allow these deep offensive coordinators to be able to read you during the week of preparation, reading the tape and saying, all right, if you see this lineup, you see this formation and check the mic or check the safety or, or anything like that, you got to have to disguise your coverages and get creative. Now, again, this defensive front or this defensive system, I should say, is, is a really vanilla basic system. It's not complicated. It makes, you know, for quicker reaction in terms of the players. They know it quickly. They just get to look at the football, react and get to the ball. So, you know, how, you know, how creative can Allen Williams get? How creative can Matt Eberflus get? That's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on, you know, going here in, in the future. But, yeah, if you're not getting pressure with your front four, and we've seen it, even with Robert Quinn, they were not getting pressure with their front four. So, you know, it's not like something, oh, Robert Quinn's missing. That's why, no, they haven't been getting pressure all year. So if you can't generate, if you can't generate with your front four, you got to create it. And if you can't disguise it, eventually you're going to get beat by it. And that, that's that's what's happening so far. Interesting question. I'm going to switch things up a little bit. Interesting question here from the uh, the chat room here from Deadly Chicken. Why was the Cole Komet injury play not a penalty? Danny, you know which one we're talking about when the uh, I believe yeah. it was his knee hit his thigh and he went down. I know yeah. that could be that could be called incidental contact, but I think I mean there's I'm sure there's times when people have been taken completely off their route and maybe it's incidental contact and they still throw a flag. So uh, yeah. w what would be the reasoning behind that? Yeah, I mean you could definitely have called that because I mean the thing is uh, Akuda wasn't on a cover. I think he was coming across the field and and obviously then and then uh, Komet's running a crossing pattern and it would just get a bump knees there. But yeah, obviously it was incidental contact. It wasn't done on purpose. So I, I think I mean that's why the referees kind of let that go. But again. That was uh, another play where maybe it was you know, questionable. There could have gone the Bears' way, but it didn't, unfortunately. And it's just like the re you know the rest of the uh, the rest of the penalties here. Like a lot of them were ticky tack. I think I think top of my head, right? I think three or four of them were like penalties that I didn't even think were penalties. But again, like I think you and I are on the same boat here, John. We don't want to just blame the referees for it because you know after after all that, the Bears still had a lead, and all you had to do was mm -hmm. get the Lions off the football field, and you couldn't do it. You couldn't right. stop them. They went 90 yards. I think I marked it down. It was like there was like 523 left, and they, and they went 91 yards on your on our defense, and you mm -hmm. couldn't get them off the football field. So at that point, you know, there's not much you can talk about in terms of your Bears defense. You stop them there. You get the ball back. You probably run the ball out, run, run the clock out, and the game's over. But as, as a defense, you could not stop the Detroit Lions with five minutes left in a football game from going 91 yards on your ass. So you can't sit there and, and blame the referees for this one. Right. And, and it, listen, it wasn't all doom and gloom. We saw plenty of good things out, out of the offense today. And one of those things that you talked about at the in the halftime show was – 
staying committed to the run to keep sucking the defenders up. And look what happened on that Cole Komet touchdown pass. They Everyone sold out on the run. You saw everyone shifting to that side. And, and when uh, the Detroit defenders, I, I'm thinking we're supposed to switch off or something happened there. There was a miscommunication there. And Komet just was running free. But that's because of being able to have that uh, have that established run game, is it not? Exactly. Exactly. Both commit touchdowns for me. Like the first one was where Justin kind of tucked it. It looked like he was going to do a little quarterback run there. And all of a sudden he stopped in his tracks and Comet hit Comet in the, in the end zone for a touchdown. And then the second one for sure, because again, play action, they had been running. They had lined up a heavy package towards that right side. Everything looked, everything looked run. The offensive line flowed that way. Justin faked that way, he rolled back out. And then, like you said, there was a little miscommunication in the defensive backfield by Detroit. One thought he was going to pass him off to the safety and, and didn't go with the with uh, with Komet. And next thing you know, he's wide open by himself. One of the might be the easiest touchdown Komet might have in his entire career. Yeah. And and, and, it, and that was a very exciting play because of what they were able to establish uh on the ground. Uh a lot of people talking about Chase Glaypool in the chat. And so uh, we can we can probably we can kind of pivot back to that a little bit, but how difficult is it? For a guy who obviously had to just uproot his whole life, move from Pittsburgh, and I'm all the external things that go into you know finding a place to stay, where where's my locker, all this other stuff that goes on, to not also learning a playbook, getting on the field, and trying to be productive with all that. Uh, how long, or it, it, does it depend on the player before we can expect this guy to be fully integrated into the system? Well, it'll be weeks. I mean, it'll, it'll be, you know, multiple weeks before he's fully integrated into the system, if you will. I mean, there's, it's a lot of terminology and you know, it's not just the plays. A lot of the NFL playbooks and concepts are all pretty much similar. There are some changes here and there per team, but a lot of terminology is different, right? So he's got to get all that down and, and learn that. So for him to be fully, remember, a lot of these players have been in with the system since OTAs, right? Since, since the, since April. So they got, a lot of these guys got drafted OTAs, mini camp, you know, training camp. And so a lot of these guys know this playbook and uh, he's not going to know that. And they, there should be no expectation of him knowing this playbook, um, you know, inside out. But what the thing is with Claypool is he brings a dimension to your offense that you don't have, or you didn't have before. He gives you a guy with, again, I've said it over and over again, 6'4", 240, 40 inch vertical, 4'4 speed, utilize that strength. Right. And I, I, I got to go back and look at the tape to be fair, to see how many, how many out routes he to run, how many, how many routes did he go? Just go just nine routes, go down the field mm. and just draw a defender with them. You know? And if, if you're a field, you see him one-on-one outside, just give him a shot, throw the ball out there. As long as there's no over the top safety help, there's no, you know, he's not coming two guys on one, give him a shot. Let's see what he can do with it. That's where I wanted to see it. Now it could have been, again, that's why I got to look at the tape and see, you know, maybe there are design routes for him running down the field and just Justin didn't have time to throw it or just didn't look, look his way. We'll have to take a look at that. But that's what I was expecting, at least, is a little bit you know, some more quick-hitting plays and at least a couple of those deep shots down the football field until he gets fully acclimated into the offensive scheme. And I was going to ask you about that as well, that – is it possible that they just don't have enough time for Fields to sit back there and then have you know have the play actually uh, develop and then throw the ball downfield without without having to you know we haven't been able to look at the tape or anything of that nature to see how much how, what the offensive line was doing but is is that a real possibility there's just there there's not time on some of these go routes to, to, right. to see them to fully develop Right. And I would say a couple of times there, Justin had had some, some, you know, some time in a pocket, a nice pocket. I think there was one where he found Mooney was, it was like, we saw one, two, he going through mm -hmm. his progression. Mooney was his third progression, bam, hits it. 
you know, first down. So, but, the, but there's, it was rare. We talked about Braxton Jones had a rough day today. You know, Hutchinson was, it was a, you know, top two pick. So, you know, he had made his presence felt I mean, he had a hell of a play on the goal line there, right. stopping uh, Montgomery short of a, of a touchdown. Uh, but I mean, so, so they have talent and like Aldo mentioned, Detroit has got a talent on that offense and defensive line. So, uh, you know, th- this is a team that, that and, and they brought and they're aggressive. They brought pressure as well. If you notice um, the linebacker, Alzalone was, blitzing a lot you know they, they, they disguise some of their things in terms of dropping back and, and bringing that a couple times they, they came up to the a gap kind of mugged the a gap and all of a sudden you see both linebackers drop back so you know it's those kind of games where i think the bears are gonna have to get creative too in terms of providing some pressure disguising stuff but uh yeah and, and you know again taking a look and see what what happens here at, at the all 22s but you know i just wanted to see a little bit more you know deep through throws to to uh, claypool just to let the de- defense know hey we are going to take advantage of what this kid does and that's that four four speed with that big big body and big frame um just to get that in the back of their heads because you know again that's another play that could be easily set up with play action right you fake the handoff mm-hmm. next thing you know claypool's shrieking down a football field and he might be covered but you throw the ball up there as long as he's got one-on-one coverage he can go up there and make a play in a football i'd like to make a point uh real quick john is you know i, I thought luke getsy's play calling was very conservative even more conservative than it's been that it's been all this season um and i was hoping that we would see justin fields air things out a little bit but i i wonder if you know this offensive line had what their ninth different starting lineup of the season, or eighth, or seventh, or whatever. Uh, and and so I wonder, you know, with the changes at the guard position because of injury, I wonder if if Getzi wanted to be especially conservative and stick to the run game uh, because he was concerned about pass protection for Justin Fields. I'd love to get your guys' thoughts mm-hmm. on that. I, I thought toward once they got a lead, things kind of got a tad more conservative, which I wish they would have maybe kept their foot on the gas, knowing your deficiencies on defense that you might need to score a few more points because anything can happen whenever you have a very porous defense that can give up a 90 yard drive and under, you know, you know, three and a half minutes or whatever it was. So, uh, but also I understand the fact that, you know, that's coming off of a pick six and uh, you, you don't want to get your quarterback killed. And if the pass protection, it looks like if it, if it was struggling, uh, then, then maybe you factor that in. Danny, we'll come to you in a second, but Matt Eberflus is at the podium do that so you know other stuff that was good obviously our run average on both sides was good uh, I thought explosive plays were about the same um, you know look at I have to go back and look at the third downs were better on defense like I said you know we were uh, you know 55 percent on on for us and then 45 percent for them and then uh, we have to do a better job there Justin was you know 12 of 20 for 167 obviously had that really nice run the third down run was was amazing you know, to give us, get us into, uh, you know, have a chance to win the game there. Um, some things in the kicking game, we got to do a better job, you know, in the kicking game, you know, obviously kicking out of bounds that puts us uh, the ball at the 40 midfield there. We have to do a better job there. Um, we also had, uh, obviously the missed extra point, um, you know, and then we had the holding, the holding penalty uh, on the punt team that put that put us, uh, put them up at the 45 yard line. So there's a couple of things there. Um, we we got to clean up in the kicking game. So, with that, I'll open up to questions. What does your offense need to do to be able to get over the hump in these game-deciding moments late in the game? Yeah, you know, it's it just comes down to us practicing. You know, it comes down to what we're doing on the practice field. We got to do it in the practice field on a consistent basis, and then I think when you get to the games, you'll be more comfortable to be able to execute in those moments. Um, you know, we just got to be able to do that as a group. How frustrating is it for you to have a 14-point lead at home going into the fourth quarter and not be able to? <laughs> 
Yeah, like I said, you got you have to be able to overcome things. You know, you have to be able to overcome things. I've seen it before, uh, you know, through my years of coaching that, you know, you have to be able to overcome adversities. And that could come in many forms, like I said. And when, when you do that, you'll see it. You'll be like, okay, there it is. And, you know, guys are, you know, overcoming through execution, making plays in the critical moments. And then what you do is you end up winning the game. But, man, who went to the decision to not play Felix Jones and Nikhil uh, Harry yeah, that's really what I said last week. You know, we thought for us it was the best five uh, up for us for this particular game, and that's what we decided best for the Chicago Bears this week. And, again, with Dante doing a good job on the punt returns, uh, and he's continuing to do a nice job back there catching the ball, and uh, he got some good yards today too. Justin, at the end of the first half, and he puts his shoulder down and gets in the end zone. What does that do for you going into the half just from a momentum point of view? And, and just uh, we heard a couple guys talk about just the – intensity of yeah no it was great it was it was a great run um you know we were down in that situation and we were running out of time so we were going to go to call time out if he didn't make it there but uh for sure you know his his like i said his grit his toughness um how physical he can be how strong he is and um, that's what makes him a special player well, I, I think that, you know, you got to be smart. You know, I've used I've used the term wisdom and discernment as he goes through there. Um, there was a couple of times where he took a couple uh, shots today, but I, he also slid and got himself out of bounds a couple of times. And and uh, again, when you're an athlete like that, he's got to use that wisdom when he's in that part of the field to make sure he gets down or gets out of harm's way. Get an explanation for the hand for the hands to the face on Jalen, the penalty there on the Sanborn interception. Yeah, really, what really, what, what a nice play by Sanborn. I mean, gosh, getting in the window there, and that was really a game changer. I thought for for him and his growth. You know, obviously he had the two sacks and had the interception, had what thirteen tackles, I believe it was. So he really played, uh, had a nice game today uh, for us. But uh, you know, in terms of the penalty, I got to go back and look at it. Um, but uh, what I saw on the jumbo channel, we'll, you know, we'll see if I see if I see what I see tomorrow. So we'll see for later today. So. Was Jack surprised you at all? Because I mean, two games is clearly you know, he didn't play at all. Basically, just special teams. Two really good games. Well, if you go back and look at the preseason, you know, if we go way back and look at preseason, you saw what kind of player it was right. He's very instinctual. Um, he makes a lot of plays on the ball. Always, you know, reads his keys. He's always on it that way. So, yeah, we're, we're pleased with where he's going. Is there any specific reason uh, that we saw less of Chase today? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at it. Um, um, our plan was to get him in there. Like sometimes, you know, hey, coverage just takes certain things away. And if he was the primary, maybe we went to the secondary. So I just have to go back and look at it. But our plan was to get him involved. When Detroit, when Detroit got the ball for the last time, was there consideration by you of just letting them score there, given the time? And uh, no, we were trying to stop them there. You know, it wasn't, we weren't in that in that mode yet at that point. But, uh, you know, certainly we have to do a better job on defense there. We got them to a third and eight, I think it was, third and nine, end up giving that up. Uh, you know, we gave up a couple chunk plays uh, on that drive. We have to do a better job. And you try to build a culture with this team. What, what are these guys missing out on by not getting over the top of these games and not stacking these wins? Well, I tell you what they are getting is perseverance, right? Determination. That's what they will get, you know. So everybody's going to look at this and say, hey, you know, we're, um, you know, you've lost six out of seven, all the, all the things that the outside noise is going to be. Well, let's have winning habits. Make sure we have winning habits every single day, right? 
on Monday, tomorrow, right? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which they do. They've had, they've practiced hard. They're doing the right thing. It's about determination and perseverance, okay? And stay in the course. And that's what they're going to learn. And uh, that's what they are learning. So they got to have their eyes forward. They got to look at their performance for what it is and then move forward to the next game. And, uh, and they've done that. And then it will eventually crack. If we keep having winning habits and doing things the right way and executing in the critical moments, it will crack. On the, on, the on the interception, how much of that is uh, Justin's competitive uh, showing for there? And how do you as a coach say it again? I'm sorry. On the, um, on the interception he threw that was returned. For yeah. How much is that his competitiveness, his desire to make a play? And how, as a coach, do you ride, you know, advising him not to make that throw while also, like, keeping his competitive nature? Yeah, I mean, he's going to tell you the same thing. I should, hey, I should have just thrown it away. You know, but what's what what you understand about that young man is that man, he's a fighter, right? So he's has the ability, and you've seen it during the course of this year to reset. So, you know, we talked about it on a sudden. He said, Man, just reset. And then sure enough, third and one, boom, there he goes. And and that's just him. You know, he's a fighter through and through, and man, he's tough as nails, and and he's gonna continue to do that, prepare the way he's prepared for each each week. Coach still struggling to create consistent pass rush. I saw you guys had a couple of inverted defensive line formations. What are you trying to, like, what, what's the key to try and unlock the pass rush is going to have to dial up more blitzes? What's it going to take to get some pass Yeah, so, I mean, I think we, what, you have three, we had three today. Was that right? Jack had one. So I think it's just uh, really using our secondary pieces, you know, a little bit more. You know, using our safeties, our linebackers to really help the D-line there. And then we'll do whatever we can with those four or five guys or six guys, seven guys we have um, to unlock those guys. Kylan Gordon had a near sack and then he hustled back to make a play. I yeah. Penalty on it. Right. Typify the frustration of today. He's a guy doing what you want to do, hustle, and it still turned out bad. Anything that any frustration in your own part about the way that play turned out? No, I mean you know he's you know he obviously he wants to make the play initially, uh, of course, but I certainly love the hustle. You know to the sideline. You know I know he, I think he actually caused a fumble on, on the sideline there. I could it's you know was uh, 50 yards away from me. So, but we'll have to look at the replay and all that and adjust from there. On, on your last drive, Komet uh, goes down as Justin's kind of winding yeah. up. Did, did the ball score away because Justin tried to hang on to it because it was going down? Did you get an evaluation of that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that was incidental contact, I think, uh, with number one on their team. And I think they just ran into each other. So, but uh, I'll have to look at it. So it's about Komet's help? Um, I, don't, I don't know right now. Matt, do, you, do you have a feeling on how the, the passing game late in games can be jump-started so that those deciding moments can be flipped the way? Yeah, I think we're going to have to look at it. You know, we'll look at it and see where it is and see what we can do. We're, we're always trying to be, you know, forward-thinking and look and see how we can improve all of our units, and that's that's one aspect of it for sure. So what's missing there right now? Because obviously there's not – it's not um, – I would just say, you know, I would just say in the general statement, execution. You know, we just got to execute those moments, you know, if it's uh, – whatever that might be. It could be protection. It could be route depths, all those things that come into play in the passing game, but we'll have to look at it with a critical eye. Those scenarios so often, you know, dating back to training camp. Right. They're obviously important in your mind, and you need to master them to be able to win. Mm -hmm. Is there a sense of frustration that it's not like you haven't devoted time or energy or resources to it, but it's still not taken off? Yeah, I would just think, like I said, determination and perseverance, you know, that's going to take the whole group you know, to, to, uh, to, to get it done, you know, in a two minute situation, you know, defense has got to play better to not put, put us in that situation. Offense, when they're in there, we got to execute and get it done. So it's about uh, the whole group. It's about the football team together. Coach, you lost some games early, lost some games early in the year with some of your younger players making some critical mistakes. 
today, some of your more veterans, some of your better players, you talk about Jalen Johnson giving up some throws late, Justin Fields with the interception, Cairo with the miss. Is it more frustrating when these some of your better players, more reliable players, they kind of cost you big? Yeah, I would just say it's always come down to the whole football team. You know, there's going to be six or seven plays that, that happens in every game that's uh, the critical plays. And it could be a young player. It could be a guy that's uh, an older player. You know, that doesn't, you know, for us, we got a young football team. we got to execute. So that's where it is. That's Matt Eberflus, his post-game press conference. Danny, I'm sure that you are inspired. You learned a lot from that. Uh, you have a better understanding of the inner workings of the Chicago Bears. What are your initial takeaways from that? Yeah, I got all that from that from that uh, press conference there, John. But yeah. uh, no, the one thing with Eberflus is, I give him credit, he's not as rumbling and just, just babbles on, but like like Nagy did, you know, last couple of years. So at least I, I at least I listened to him and, I, and, he, and he makes sense of some things. But a couple of things I, I wanted to kind of bring up there was was that that penalty on Jalen Johnson the uh, hand to the face on that Sanborn interception I don't think did you guys see that replay because I, I didn't show a replay of it and I don't think he hit his face mask I mean he may have grazed it with his finger but I don't think it was actual hand to the face I think it was a just a really good press at the line of scrimmage which unfortunately the guy got hurt but uh that's the one thing there and then the other thing is like is like all right you talked about you know He's talking about, you know, we had, we had some sacks. And you, know, you had two sacks, and all were by, by Sam, both were by, by Sam Byrne. And it's, and again, another week now where your only person who's getting a sack is your linebacker because you're, you're bringing them, you're, you're, you're blitzing them. And, and, again, you I don't know, we talked about it earlier, John. I'm not sure what he can do in terms of who they can play, what else they can do, other than just, like I said, bring more design pressure and just kind of just try and disguise it as best as you can. But – Man, it's 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 it is very very frustrating. And, and the one thing that no one asked them was was in terms of the um, the mixed extra point. And I know I know Cairo had a, had a bad kickoff, and that's that's not characteristic of Cairo Santos, Detroit punter, and their kicker had some some funky mm-hmm. looking kicks as well. I was curious if if the field conditions were not you know I conducive to to kicking today. If if they weren't, why not? Uh, no one asked that question too. So that that's what I was I was really curious about. Although you always like weighing in on press conferences. You always think they're very <laughs> useful tools. What did you take out of that? Yeah, you know, I I, I really enjoy listening to the press conferences, but um, you're absolutely right, John and Danny. That, that was one of the most boring ones. <laughs> After a game, it was like, you know, I wanted, I really want to go home and spend some time with the family. So, uh, um, you know, I, 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 I do think my, my biggest concern is this. Uh, in I think it was Thursday's press conference, Wednesday's press conference, Matt Eberflus was asked about the mentality of this team, the the mental health of this team. And he said, yeah, it's been good. It was actually, I think, uh, Mark Potash or Patrick Finley asked, you know, said, you know, this team seems to be in really good spirits in the locker room. They're, they're up and so forth. And Eberflus said it's because of the culture that we've built here, that we, you know, really believe what we are working towards, what we're striving towards. And so I understand Jordan's point and Danny's point and everybody else who's saying, you know, yeah, but these these are precious games that you should have won. And that chips away at that at that culture, because if you don't get good results, it's going to chip away at it. So I understand that. And I totally appreciate it. My 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 guess, my my gut feel is that Iberflus and his coaching staff, they're going to ma- maintain that composure about this team. They're going to keep them invested in what they, they are building here. These players, a, a lot of them are on one-year contracts. They want to be back here next season. They want to be back 
No, number one reason is we want them back? number one. <laughs> do we? Oh, do we want them back? <laughs> that is question. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, we're building a culture, but like, how many of these guys are actually going to be on the team next year? That you're going to build them up and then be like, oh, by the way, we're replacing you with somebody better. So, I mean, you're, right. you should be worried about a core group of players that are going to be your core of your offense and your defense. Worry about their culture, and then they'll take everybody else underneath them. How many guys they have under contract next year? Like thirty. Yeah, so so less than 30 last time I looked right so let's 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 not think that like they're they're bringing the exact same 65 70 guys back with the practice squad back next year and everyone's got to be and everyone's got to be on the same page because they're just not going to be there uh but yeah I, I get it I wanted this is the this is the one that you absolutely want to win and that's what I was going to bring up although I'm not sure if you have the uh the schedule graphic handy uh but uh, but these uh these winnable games uh are not a plenty we have two coming up uh when you have Atlanta and the Jets and you know that they look a little bit better both those teams look a little bit better than we thought they were at the beginning of the season uh who knows what's going on with Green Bay hell that could be a winnable game at home that would be awesome uh you want to talk about a culture beater uh, a culture um builder you go and you beat Green Bay uh, at home in week 13 there's your culture right there uh so uh you you, you have a stretch of games here before you have your bye week in week 14 and then you have a a, a fun slew of you know, the Eagles and the Bills. And by the way, mm. Merry Christmas in week 16, you get, uh, you get to see the Bears play the Bills on Christmas Eve, I believe that is. Uh, and then, and then you have to go to Detroit and then you end with Minnesota. So uh, you have, op- I think there's opportunities here. Yeah. There's opportunities here to, to keep building and get, and get a few more wins. Uh, there, I don't, there's not an easy win. I mean, we're talking about the Bears. There's not going to be an easy win on this schedule, but uh, Danny, when you look at that, uh, how many, how many of those uh, games do you think are uh, winnable? Well, I mean, I mean, this one I had marked down as, as right. a really winnable game and obviously you don't pull this one off. I mean, I mean, Atlanta, again, winnable game, uh, you know, you're going down to the dome there in Atlanta, I, I don't I don't see them as a juggernaut, even though I think they're competitive in, in the NFC South. The Jets, uh, offensively, they got some weapons. They got some firepower. It's, the question is, is their quarterback in terms of, you know, is he, is he as progressed as their defense and their, their offense is? But, uh, you know, for, for me, it's like, man, that Jets game scares me. With that defensive front and with this this uh, offensive line, I, I just don't know if, if they're going to be able to, you know, pull off a victory there as well. So, uh, I, 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 I'm with you, John. Like, like they could win Atlanta. They could lose easily. They could win at Jets. They can easily lose. It's, it's hard for me to say, you know, how many, how many more victories are coming up. Like I said, if today they couldn't pull this one off at home versus the Lions. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's 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 going to be tough. But you know, it, it, but you know, this is the NFL, right? You're gonna right. they're gonna win in one of these games that we're not gonna be really shocked by. Who knows? Maybe they beat the Eagles Week 15. God knows, right? But it's just like it's just one of these things. Like like they're gonna get a victory, and I think once they get the victory, I think and, and obviously if Justin continues his development, the office continues their development. I think that's that could springboard to maybe two or three more victories in, in the season. But at this point right now, with 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 what they are right now, you just want to keep that that culture and, and that, that, that locker room, like I said earlier, motivated and, and out there playing week in and week out. All makes a great point. A lot of them are a bunch of one-year contracts. You do not want to put bad tape out there for, for next year's off season. So, you know, we'll see how that goes, but it's, it's, it's just one, these, these games that you should win this one and the one against Miami and the ones where you blew late leads, you know, it's at, those are like the gut punches where me as an analyst, I'm looking at it as just, you know, Justin Fields and him, you know, his progression. But for those guys in the locker room, for them to, you know, they're putting in the work, they're putting in the grind, you know, they want to be rewarded, you know, every so often. And and just, just these losses, I think takes a toll on the team collectively. So just for that, for that team morale, I like to see a couple wins here and there. 
But as long as like for me personally, as long as Justin Fields is going up this way, that mm-hmm. that that's all I'm concerned about. Mm-hmm. Although how many uh, quote winnable games? <laughs> I'm using that term incredibly loosely, by the way. Uh, but uh, games that you think that you know what there there's there's they they're going to be competitive in that they they have a real chance to win there because I I think that they can uh, that with the week eleven and twelve I think they can compete and potentially beat both uh, the Falcons and the Jets. I'm interested in the Green Bay game because they were able to run the ball pretty well against Green Bay in the first game, uh, and now with this unleashed version of Justin Fields, who is going to have a, a few more designed runs potentially, who knows what they could do against Green Bay. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say that they're, they're, uh, they're going to be the favorite and they're going to go into, they're going to, Green Bay's going to come into Soldier Field and get, you know, whooped, but I, why not? It's not like, what is, what Green Bay has the same record as the Bears at this point, I think. So mm-hmm. what are we, what are we talking about? Yep. And they are scoreless in the first quarter at home against the Cowboys right now. I got to say this and I, 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 I'm embarrassed to utter these words, but I don't care if they if they lose every game. The rest, I, I've never ever in my life been about tanking, and I'm not advocating for tanking. I, I just know that they don't have the player personnel to compete legitimately for a playoff spot this year. So what I am most interested in, I put this up in the chat room. I wish I could go to sleep and wake up the first day of free agency. I, you know, because that's where, that's where we're headed. Now I love football so much that I'm going to watch the next seven games and I'm going to pray that they're going to win. But I, I, I have this, this like Zen like feeling in my, that there are better days ahead, that there's a ray of light that's going to come down. And, mm-hmm. you know, now this all, of course, depends on Ryan Poles and his player acquisition team, pro personnel for free agency and, 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 and scouts, draft scou- college scouts. This all depends on them making a lot of really good decisions this all upcoming uh, off season. But I, I, I trust in them. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a little skittish a little bit because of the Valus Jones thing is starting to look like a really bad draft pick. And there's been a couple of other errors along the way for Ryan Post, but he's going to get better too. And his job, just like a lot of the players we see playing are going to get better too. So when you ask me that question, how many are winnable games? I hate to say this. I'm embarrassed to say this, but I, I don't care. Let's <laughs> that's my you want to you just want to hit that simulation button, simulate the whole way out to simulate to the draft, simulate, simulate the free agency, just force advance. We're good, and I get it. And, and but I think you made a good point there in that now polls and to an, to an extent, uh, Eberflows have put the pressure on themselves now because mm-hmm. they traded Roquan Smith, they traded uh, Robert Quinn, which is whatever that, that's part of the plan, go with it. But now the pressure is on you, and every move you make now is going to be highly dissected and criticized and under a microscope, starting with the draft or starting with free agency all the way to the draft, all the way to everything else. They're installing this 2023 version of the Chicago Bears. Every little thing they do is going to be uh, very highly critiqued, which I'm sure they understand comes with the position. I'm not, nothing that, I'm not saying anything uh, – you know, groundbreaking here. But if you're going to go in and you're going to sweep everything, you're 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 taking this thing down to the studs basically and saying we're going to rebuild this. Now it's your you're you're building it. You can't. You're not going to be able to. You know, we're not going to be able to blame Ryan Pace anymore. We're not going to be able to blame Matt Nagy anymore. Or you know anybody else. If you know the ghosts of Chicago Bears past are not going to come back and haunt. This is your house. You're building now, and everyone's got to live in it. So if it starts falling apart, there's only 
one or two people that you can really point the finger at, which I still have, I have confidence that they're, that they're going in the right direction. I'm with you, Aldo. I have hope. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not thinking like, oh man, I can't, this is all going to fall apart. I, I believe that there is a plan and I believe that there is light at the end of the tunnel and you don't have to look any further than seeing Justin Fields back there. But, uh, but now we're, we're, once this season finally gets, once we're done with this season, then the eyes really start lighting up and you really start paying attention to what the bears are doing. And, you know, I'm sure that'll breed a lot of um, civil conversations. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, just civil arguments where no one's going to get personal. No one's going to get mean. No one's going to call you a moron for disagreeing with them. I'm sure it's going to be very, very uh, diplomatic in the way we handle those, uh, those conversations, just like all conversations are handled on the internet. It's going to be with respect and dignity and uh, obviously a, uh, a, a self enrichment where both people, can leave saying i'm glad i learned something today i'm sure that's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen Danny, you're with me on that right yes of course it's, it's always <laughs> civil on the internet i mean yeah. that's where you go to get civil conversations is the right. internet that's where yeah. i go that's, that's 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 where I need to when I need when I need a breath of fresh air I just log on to Twitter and see someone arguing about something that 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 really it's like a ray of sunshine just beams in on you you know it's like right. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk because he was a he was kind of an unsung hero well not an unsung hero but a, a nice surprise was uh was Jack Sanborn uh, do you do you see this guy in the long term plans I do I mean personally I I do I mean uh it, I don't know if it's the he's not going to be the weak side linebacker in the system. I think it's either the middle or possibly more likely the strong side linebacker. And what, what the thing about this kid is what he lacks. And we've talked about this, you know, before what he lacks in terms of overall athletic prowess, which he, he's not a, he's not a scrub out there in terms of athlete, but he makes up in terms of instincts and his physicality and, and just the aggressiveness and him. I tweeted earlier in the game, his run fits, you know, first couple you know, series of the, of the game was were impressive. That guy comes in physical at the, at the point of attack, uh, there was one where he didn't make the tackle, but what he did was he came in, he, he took on a 300-plus-pound offensive lineman. It might have been Decker. Took him on in a hole and allowed his teammate to go out and, and, and make the tackle. And that goes unsung in the stat sheet. But that, if you review the tape, the coaches are going to give him a, a praise for that because he took on a big, big boy, stood him off the line of scrimmage, allowed, you know, occupied that blocker, and then his teammate came up and rallied and make a tackle. So, you know, this is a kid, obviously, the two sacks today. Uh, you know, you know, shows on a, a surprising burst. I just talked about, you know, athletically he's not the greatest, but he shows some sort of uh, a closing burst there in that short area quickness. Um, again, instincts, you know, he's there right before, you know, like kind of diagnosis posting pre-snap quickly. So I do like this kid. I do give him a, a heck of a chance to make the football team. Uh, or, I mean, uh, be a con um, you know, starter and a contributor, main contributor on the football team. Obviously he's made the team, but uh, you know, I, I'm really impressed. And he's, he was a bright spot today in defense. But uh, one thing we, we need to touch on a little bit on a, on a really negative side, I think is, is Jalen Johnson. I think just today, I know he's coming in with an injury and there was something he was questionable in terms of playing. So maybe that what hindered him, but I mean, Kennedy, that the, the, the uh, slot, tight end if you will i mean he burned him on that crossing round and it was a 44 yard gain that was third and eight and that right there was a big play right there because if you get that ball back to the offense and next thing you know i think that was part of that that 91 yard drive where they end up taking that you know taking the lead there so get the ball all there maybe you know incompletion make it make it fourth and eight and never know what happens but you know jalen johnson really struggled today Gordon had some effort after some you know consecutive weeks of making some nice plays that he missed that sack that that penalty for me was not a penalty on one. He didn't push him. He just went to swipe the ball out and, and plus golf was still inbound. So, but, the, but missing the sack was, was the big thing. I mean, you're trying to generate pressure here. Like I said, bringing up from all sides, all angles, when you're a defender, you got it. When you get there, you got to bring the guy down. You cannot miss him, Right. I think a couple of times I met, my man Robinson was a Gibson man again, had, 
golf, maybe wrapped up, dead to rights, and he was able to kind of wiggle himself out of it, make a play. So because you're giving up these big chunk plays as, as a front seven, if you get to the quarterback, you got to bring him down. You got to get off the football field and just give your chance, offense a chance to, to go ahead and, 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 and get some points on the, on the football, on the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's pretty safe to say he's a fan favorite already. Uh, Mr. Sanborn is. I'm remembering back to the uh, the Sanborn uh, conversation. I think I think that you're right, and something doesn't look right with Jalen Johnson. He, he looks he looks he looks like he's banged up or a, 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 a step slow or something. I don't know what it is, but it's something just doesn't look like he's 100. percent So uh, perhaps maybe perhaps that's something that he's working through and he's playing through an injury. Uh, but uh, overall. Um, you, you look at a guy like Sanborn, you think, hey, maybe that's a maybe that's a nice little uh, that's one bright spot out of a terrible defensive effort. <laughs> but you see, right. yeah, the kid had a he had an interception, got called back, but it was an athletic play. He was in the right. He just seems to be he seems to be one of those smart linebackers as opposed to ones who has to who can just rely on his God given you know uh, physical ability well, right. and, and or just being a physical freak. And so sometimes those you know those smart linebackers can uh, they they just find a way to Boy. be in the right spot. And yep. they, they can overcome um, that. So so it's for maybe that's maybe that's where he he's a, he's going to be allowed to progress in this defense a little bit. Speaking of you know enlightenment on the internet, I think I went there and I think someone one of us, not me or you, John, gave him the nickname of Samurai Jack. I did that. That was Aldo. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> yeah. Is it, you got prestigious there. Uh, you should have <laughs> saw his. You should have. You saw his eyes light up as soon as you said that. Like, wait a minute. That was my idea. Ooh, is, it, someone, is it catching on? Is someone it... noticed my creativity there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a lot better nicknames than that, but I can think of one, so I, I put that in there. But I, I got to say this about Jack Sanborn. When he was selected, I was really, really happy because I saw him play at Wisconsin, and he's a kid that plays with a lot of heart, and, and he's got that bear, you know, football mentality. But I certainly didn't expect him to play as well as he has. You know, I, I truly thought that he was going to be at least a camp body. And if not a camp body, then somebody who was going to be primarily special teams. But this guy is taking a claim to be a a, 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 a a huge contributor at that linebacker position. And Danny, I asked people in the chat room, you know, what particular player or position uh, they would love for you to do some tape evaluation on the next Bear Truth. And it comes down to Sanborn and the linebacker position. Uh, getting a lot of votes. So let's plan on at least uh, picking a, a, a handful of plays from the linebacker position along with uh, any other things that you want to cover. Yeah, you got it. I think I think Morrow had a, a couple of nice stops there as well. I mean, you see him kind of um, with his defense. Again, what you see when they're going lateral, you see those gaps, those openings. You, you want a linebacker quick enough, athletic enough to be able to shoot those gaps and get into the backfield, penetrate and make a tackle. And I think a couple of times Morrow made the play. Obviously, Sam Moore. I mean, a couple of uh, a big plays. I think he had two tackles for loss, along with the uh, with the two sacks and the would have should have been interception, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, definitely a, a guy. And again, he's a he's a demon on special teams. So, um, you know, it could be a nice find as, as an undrafted free agent here for for Ryan Poles and company. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you guys touched about earlier in terms of the the foundation. Going back real quick here, in terms of the foundation and everything. I mean, and the, the big piece here, what gives everyone hope, I think, is is the the big piece of the foundation was already been been cast here with with Justin Fields, and all I do is just build around them, right? And you build a competent defense. I, I hope that they find a way to keep Montgomery and keep that that combo together in terms of that that rushing attack and just kind of give you more options there in the backfield. Because when you line them up in that like triple option, if you will, backfield where where you have both Herbert and Montgomery in there, and you have Fields kind of sweeping to the outside. 
if you're a defender, you're kind of frozen because you don't know who to go for because either one of those guys can run you over or can run right past you. So I think that that's a, that's a nice combination. Hopefully they can keep that together. But yeah, offensively, again, let's not forget there's 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 some talent here, but there's a lot more talent hopefully being infused coming in via the draft, via free agency and all that stuff. So, But defense is, is going to be something that definitely is going to get a rehaul. Don't forget, next week is the Ryan Pace revenge game. Uh, he's uh, he's with the Atlanta Falcons. I, I was curious because I it just seems like he's taking all of the old Bears and taking them to Atlanta with him. So uh, it, so you can't tell me that he doesn't have a big impact on their roster, because I'm looking at their depth chart. He, li, listen to some of the names that are on the Atlanta Falcons uh, depth chart here. Just going through some former Bears, you have uh, uh, Nick Kwiatkowski plays on the on the Atlanta Falcons. So does obviously Cordell Patterson, but he was there before. You know. Uh, you know, Ryan Pace left. Uh, Jermaine Effetti, uh, Elijah Wilkinson, uh, Demir Bird. A lot of these familiar names, huh? They all, they all, Ryan Pace said, hey, get in the car. We're going down and to Abdullah Atlanta. Anderson is there too. Abdullah Anderson. The yeah, and uh, well. they signed Eddie Goldman for, and then he ended up retiring, but they signed Eddie Goldman as well. So uh, Atlanta was be uh, Chicago South almost. So they, maybe we can book him on one of our, our shows this week, Ryan Pace, and, you know, talk. talk you know how he, you know how he loves interviews in the middle of the season. So I, <laughs> I, I, I figured they were uh, bringing in all those ex Chicago Bears because they wanted to tank. <laughs> That's very possible. But although they're in, I believe they were tied for first place going into today. Johnny made a just real quick. Sorry, and although Johnny made a really great point, or John, although in terms of Ryan Poles, the pressure is on him. The pressure is on him this offseason because of because if he screws this offseason up. That's pretty much. I mean, I mean, he's. This is his opportunity to build this team around this this young quarterback and the, and this you know get this defensive. I mean, obviously he's gonna make mistakes, right? He's not gonna be hundred. You know, not gonna bat a thousand here, but but he's got to at least you know eight out of ten acquisitions he's got to be. I got to be right, right? Because he's, he's, he's got to building it from scratch. So Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, assistant general manager, and that scouting staff, uh, pro and and college, have a lot of pressure this offseason coming up on them. I was just gonna say real quickly uh, that. Uh, Justin Fields has still not approached the podium. And so that makes me wonder one of two things. One, you know, we all know that he gets very upset after a, a, a loss. And so maybe he's reluctant to go to the, to, to the podium or two, maybe he's hurting a little bit uh, because of all the pain that was inflicted on him. So there, there was blood coming down from the side of his neck there. They, they caught it on the, on the scratch. Maybe it's the scratch, but, but I'm, I know he was kind of holding his side at, towards tail end there. So, Hopefully he's okay, just getting some treatment or just, you know, kind of just, you know, like all those said initially, just you know, burning off some steam and just doesn't want to go out there and just be, you know, angry. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, so before we uh, start wrapping things up, we just want to thank everybody who joined in the chat room. I know it is not easy to talk about the Bears after a loss like that, especially when you're frustrated and you're not sure who who am I supposed to yell at, who am I supposed to be angry at, who am I supposed to hate, uh, and then there's a lot of like just misguided like where 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 am I supposed to put all this fury? So I appreciate everyone. Uh, unleashing your fury in the chat room and having a pretty good conversation along the way help us keep going as well. Uh, Aldo, before we uh, before we go ahead and put down the curtain, what do we got going on this week? Well, I just first of all want to thank Don Burr for being in the chat room. Uh, he's <laughs> he lives. He's alive. He's yeah, he's always here after Bears win. Uh, no, he's never. He's never here. What am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, congratulations, Don Burr, on your Lions winning a game. Like I said earlier. You know, it's a game they should have won. They had all the talent uh, to do so, but uh, we'll get you next time. What do we have going? Well, we've got uh, Greg Gabriel and I are going to be talking football on Tuesday now. We had to push back from to tomorrow because 
I had to book a massage. <laughs> there goes Danny. <laughs> I, I, I Your really... self-care treatment now is getting in the way of programming. <laughs> I got I got like a really bad pain here, and so I need my masseuse to work it out. Monday was the only time, and so John, I don't know if I told you, but every time we go to to Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, we 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 lose Aldo for at least a half a day, possibly even a full day, because he gets his massage. Is your are you you're having like travel hurt your back, old man? What's going on? <laughs> hey, it's just age, man. You'll see you'll see when you get to this age, you'll you'll be uh, crying out for massages too. But in any case. Uh, we do have pro, uh, football programming on Monday, and that is uh, the Bears Country podcast at 7 p.m. If uh, people want uh, Bears fans who are dejected and angry, that's the show to, to listen to <laughs> because Dan Aguirre and Mr. Shorty are definitely not going to be happy, and Cliff Victoria always does his cool cliff notes. And so that's the football coverage for Monday. On Tuesday, as I said, uh, Greg Gabriel and I will uh, – We'll uh, discuss the game. He guaranteed a Lions win, so we'll see what he's got to say about that. And then on Tuesday night, it's the Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls show. By that time, hopefully, Dan Aguirre is not in the fetal position anymore, and he can uh, intelligently talk about the game. So, uh, by the way, I, I had to let him, let him have it because – Cole Komet is a tight end, and uh, Dan Aguirre wanted to cut Cole Komet last season. Just cut him. Just, just bye. Cut a 23-year-old tight end. I, I, didn't, I didn't get that. But uh, that's our programming. We've got a lot more Bears programming, including with Danny Shimon, uh, this uh, in the middle of the week on Wednesday. Tell him about it, Danny. Yeah, I was uh, looking forward to doing another uh, Bear Truth, and you know, we're going to break down some some film. And uh, we just got the idea of terms of, you know, hovering on on jack sanborn uh we're, we're scheduling it for this week but I, I may have to postpone that although i got some some work obligations uh that were sure. just thrown at me so we'll, we'll discuss in terms of when that's going to come out but yeah we'll 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 study uh sanborn break him down and possibly even look at some of the other linebackers here and the defense you guys let us know who you guys wanted to break down last week we did a, a or justin field or two weeks ago we did a justin fields breakdown um you know we'll, we'll do defensive players here it looks like sanborn is, is the guy that the, the fans want in the crosshair so we'll go ahead and break them down for you mm -hmm. excellent and uh buffon 55 will be back on wednesday we'll be breaking down the upcoming matchup with the falcons see how what the uh route to victory is and what the defense could potentially do we'll talk to somebody who closely covers the falcons and Alyssa barbier and i and aldo will be having a uh, little bit of a therapy session about the chicago bears as we always do very therapeutic so uh unless anybody else has anything to say for the good of the order i think we're gonna wrap it up that will do it for Bear Football, I appreciate everyone tuning in, whether it's the live version, the podcast version, the video version, the audio version. We appreciate each and every one of you. For Aldo Gandia and Danny Shimon, I'm John Buffon. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.